The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here's the news. After over two years of renovations, the Beijing Olympic Museum has reopened to the public to mark the second anniversary of the 2022 Beijing Olympic Winter Games. Located south of the National Stadium, known as the Bird's Nest, The museum was founded in 2009, and now covers a total area of 26,000 square meters. Through more than a thousand exhibits, the museum demonstrates Beijing's legacy as a dual Olympic city. President. Of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach said that the new and improved Beijing Olympic Museum is a shining example of a living legacy and will continue to inspire every visitor with timeless Olympic values. According to Beijing's deputy mayor Sima Hong, the Olympic Museum will host a series of exhibitions, as well as educational, research, and cultural activities, which can boost the tourism and sports industries. Beijing will also strengthen cooperation with the International Olympic Committee and other international organizations to carry forward the Olympic spirit. Chinese athletes Ye Qiaobo, Deng Yaping, Tong Wen, as well. As Wu Dajing and Han Xiaopeng have donated their collections to the museum, including table tennis bats, ice skating blades, and skis. Winter Olympic champion Wu Dajing said that each collection tells a story which is unforgettable. For all, and he believes the exhibition can motivate more people to enjoy sports and feel the Olympic spirit. This is special English. In Harbin, the capital of northeast China's Heilongjiang Province. Where winter's crisp air sets the scene, a group of passengers, bundled up and brimming with excitement, boarded the train heading for the tropical destination, the South China's island province of Hainan. 
the journey would pass through 28 stations and two ferry ports, covering 4,300 kilometers and extending over 46 hours. Known as the Four Seasons Express, it exhibits the window scenery from the chill of winter to the bliss of summer. A 74 year old passenger named Lee booked a suite on the train for him and his three grandchildren, who often expressed awe. While gazing out of the window, Lee said that the train provides a convenient space for the kids' activities and the scenic journey, showcasing the diverse landscapes of the changing seasons, will create lasting memories for them. Since the beginning, Of winter, there has been a surge in seasonal passengers heading from the north to the south, predominantly comprised of senior citizens and children seeking a warmer winter. The train captain, Liu Chaochuan, said the passenger demographic. Stresses the need for the crew to remain on high alert, particularly in prioritizing the well being of both the elderly and young passengers. This particular train usually carries a considerable number of elderly passengers. Including some in their sixties who accompany their parents in their late eighties or nineties for a relaxing getaway in Hainan, creating a high demand for lower berths. Throughout the journey, Liu said that the attendants in each carriage would double check. Passengers' sleeping arrangements and, if necessary, modify them, especially for individuals with either health or mobility issues. The train is equipped with emergency medical supplies, and the crew members are also trained. To handle various situations, reassuring passengers traveling across a temperature difference of 50 degrees Celsius. As the train travels southward, the scenery beyond the windows transforms from icy landscapes to lush greenery. Responding to the shifting climate, the crew members would change from their long sleeved shirts to short sleeved. The highlight awaits as the train gears up for a unique 
experience crossing the sea at Yuehai Railway Beigang Wharf. The train is split into four sections, precisely aligning with the ferry's rails for a smooth transition onto the main deck. Passengers would witness the marvel of traveling by train across the sea as the ferry navigates the Cheongjou Strait. Finally reaching its destination in Hainan. This is special English. You've been listening to programs from CGTN Radio. CGTN Radio. We invite you to visit us online for more audio, pictures, and in-depth reports. At radio.cgtn.com, you can access a wide range of programs and find your favorite news, talk, features, entertainment shows, and podcasts. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. This is special English. Travelers on a serpentine two-way road winding through Pinglu County in South China's Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region, would assuredly be amazed by a visually stunning sea of glossy orange persimmons that blankets the backyards and rooftops of the locals. Li Guangxi, a local agriculture expert, said that now is the sun-drying season for the signature produce of Pinglu County, which usually takes place between October and February the following year, adding it is also the harvest season for persimmons. Persimmon production and Processing are a vital way of life for many locals in Pinglu, as it generated about 4.8 billion yuan, or over 670 million U.S. dollars, in revenue for the county in 2023. Official statistics show that the designated persimmon growing area has exceeded 10,000 hectares in Pinglu, with an annual production yield of 550,000 tons. Apart from the fresh fruit, Pinglu is also a main production center for shibing, or dried persimmons, a saucer-like treat coated with a fine frosting 
of natural sugar that is highly popular in Asia. The small county situated in the northern part of the region possesses a favorable environment for growing and drying the fruit. Ping Le cultivated six different cultivars of astringent and non-astringent persimmons. The non-astringent ones, which can be consumed when firm and crisp, are one of the most coveted fresh variety in winter, while the astringent types are normally to be processed into shubing. According to Lee, northwesterly wind and strong sun rays during the winter months are the absolute musts for turning the fresh fruit into quality shubing. When making shubing, the freshly picked fruit needs to be washed, trimmed, and peeled before getting thoroughly massaged to even out their shape and to soften the fibers inside. Over time, persimmons fully covered with white ash of frosting lose their original plumpness and become shrunken and slightly wrinkled and dark. The locals also make full use of persimmons, using the discarded skins and tissues of the fruit as a fodder for the livestock. Last year, the county accommodated approximately 400 companies that recorded an annual sales of over 100 tons of shubing. An average of 350,000 tons of shubing is shipped from Pingle to places across the country and overseas, raking in over 3 billion yuan in sales per year. Li Zhonghua, who runs one of the biggest mom and pop shubing processing operations in Pingle, said that his family business saw a 10% jump in both Shibing production and sales last year. He was also enthralled by the fact that the Shibing made in Pingle has been approved as a geographical indication product by national authorities. The plant owner said that the label of Made in Ping Le has become a thing which will certainly help ramp up the sales and price of local products and a huge morale booster 
for people to grow and process this fruit. You're listening to Special English. Chinese mergansers, an endangered species of duck, have been captured by cameras in the Bai Shui Jiang National Nature Reserve in northwest China's Gansu Province. This is the first documented sighting of the species in the reserve. On January 25th, He Li Wen and his other colleagues from the reserve administration saw a group of waterfowl, four of which were rarely seen in the reserve before. They proceeded to track and photograph these birds, subsequently sharing the images with the reserve administration. Experts then confirmed these four waterfowl as Chinese mergansers, which are under national first-class protection in the country. According to He Li Wen, Chinese mergansers live in pristine water environments and are regarded as sensitive indicator species for assessing water quality. Their hunting relies heavily on sharp vision, indicating that the rivers they inhabit must be very clear. In recent years, the reserve has adopted a variety of measures to protect the ecological environment of its rivers. These efforts have led to an increase in fish populations and have created a more conducive habitat for migratory birds. He said that the sighting of these Chinese mergansers indicates that the water quality in the reserve and its ecological environment has continued to improve. This is Special English. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. After over two years of renovations, the Beijing Olympic Museum has reopened to the public to mark the second anniversary of the 2022 Beijing Olympic Winter Games. Located south of the national stadium known as the Bird's Nest, the museum was founded in 2009 and now covers a total area of 26,000 square meters. Through more than a thousand exhibits, the museum demonstrates Beijing's legacy as a dual Olympic city. President of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach, said that the new and improved Beijing Olympic Museum is a shining example of a living legacy and will continue to inspire every visitor with timeless Olympic values. 
according to Beijing's deputy mayor, Sima Hong. The Olympic Museum will host a series of exhibitions, as well as educational, research, and cultural activities, which can boost the tourism and sports industries. Beijing will also strengthen cooperation with the International Olympic Committee and other international organizations to carry forward the Olympic spirit. Chinese athletes Ye Qiaobo, Deng Yaping, Tong Wan, as well as Wu Dajing and Han Xiaopeng have donated their collections to the museum, including table tennis bats, ice skating blades, and skis. Winter Olympic champion Wu Dajing said that each collection tells a story which is unforgettable for all, and he believes the exhibition can motivate more people to enjoy sports and feel the Olympic spirit. This is Special English. Travelers on a serpentine two-way road winding through Pinglu County in South China's Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region would assuredly be amazed by a visually stunning sea of glossy orange persimmons that blankets the backyards and rooftops of the locals. Li Guangxi, a local agriculture expert, said that now is the sun-drying season for the signature produce of Pinglu County, which usually takes place between October and February the following year adding it is also the harvest season for persimmons. Persimmon production and processing are a vital way of life for many locals in Pinglu, as it generated about 4.8 billion yuan, or over 670 million U.S. dollars, in revenue for the county in 2023. Official statistics show that the designated persimmon growing area has exceeded 10,000 hectares in Pinglu, with an annual production yield of 550,000 tons. Apart from the fresh fruit, Pinglu is also a main production center for shirbing, or dried persimmons, a saucer-like treat coated with a fine frosting of natural sugar that is highly popular in Asia. The small county, situated in the northern part of the region, possesses a favorable environment for growing and drying the fruit. Pinglu cultivated six different cultivars of astringent and non-astringent persimmons. The non-astringent ones, which can be consumed when firm and crisp, are one of the most coveted fresh variety in winter, while the astringent types are normally to be processed into shirbing. According to Li, northwesterly wind and strong sun rays during winter months are absolute musts for turning the fresh fruit into quality shirbing. When making shirbing, the freshly picked fruit needs to be washed, trimmed, and peeled before getting thoroughly massaged to even out their shape and to soften the fibers inside. Over time, persimmons, fully covered with white ash of frosting, lose their original plumpness and become shrunken and slightly wrinkled and dark. The locals also make full use of persimmons, using the discarded skins and tissues of the fruit from making shirbing as a fodder for the livestock. Last year, the county accommodated approximately 400 companies that recorded an annual sales of over 100 tons of sherbing. An average of 350,000 tons of sherbing is shipped from Pinglu to places across the country and overseas, raking in over 3 billion yuan in sales per year. Li Zonghua, who runs one of the biggest mom-and-pop sherbing processing operations in Pinglu, said that his family business saw a 10% jump in both sherbing production and sales last year. 
He was also enthralled by the fact that Shiping made in Pingle has been approved as a geographical indication product by national authorities. The plant owner said that the label of made in Pingle has become a thing, which will certainly help ramp up the sales and price of local products and a huge morale booster for people to grow and process this fruit. This is the end of today's program. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.